You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Log Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Big Ten Powerhouse Podcast. Uh, It's April 14th. The season has been over for about a week now, Um, and we're in the the heart of the offseason. Still still a lot of news coming out here and there, especially about uh, transfers, um, recruiting, uh, NBA draft, uh, and, I mean, I I guess the NBA is still going on. little bit of uh, spring football, if you are a Big Ten football fan as well. But, um, yeah, the season's over. Uh, obviously, uh, Duke and Wisconsin battled it out for the title. Uh, the Blue Devils came out on top in a pretty close and back-and-forth game. Uh, really a great game and wrapped up a, uh, a great Final Four and a great uh, – NCAA tournament. Um, I know, I know. People probably say this about every year, but uh, I really felt like this was the best one in years, and I really felt like um, having Kentucky <laughs> uh, undefeated going into the Final Four, into the NCAA tournament, um, having so many powerhouse teams, I guess, or at least high-seeded teams, relevant. Um, later on really made it a lot more interesting in my opinion. Um, you know, not that, not that upsets are bad or that they take the fun out of it. I think, I think upsets are great, but I think they're more exciting for the tournament in the first weekend than they are as a, a staple for deep runs, (laughs) I would say. Um, and my reasoning on that is, primarily just because, you know, you don't get to see those battles you're kind of waiting all year to see. I know, at least for me, um, I was excited about the potential of a Wisconsin-Duke rematch. And along with that, I was excited about the Kentucky-Wisconsin rematch from the the season prior. And to actually get to see both of those play out um, before our eyes in really exciting and great games I thought added a lot to the tournament um, overall, but outside of the tournament, uh, just as an overall uh, comment, um, the Big Ten obviously represented pretty well. Um, I've ranted <laughs> in the past and so on that uh, I don't necessarily think the the NCAA tournament is the um, is everything when it comes to conference strength and comparisons, but. It certainly is something that's going to drive the narrative, is going to drive the media. And the fact that the Big Ten had the most teams in the NCAA tournament and the fact that the Big Ten had the most teams in the Final Four and a team in the title game, um, I think says a lot about about the conference, um, at least in terms of the top teams. Um, and the, the big team, you know, I've, I've talked a little bit about them, but uh, was obviously Wisconsin this year. Um, they made the title game. 
They won the Big Ten regular season championship. They won the Big Ten tournament. Really, for all purposes, they were the best Big Ten team from start to finish. Um, and to help us, you know, break down what happened a little bit, uh, we have Jake uh, from Bucky's Fifth Quarter, which is uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, SB Nation's Wisconsin site, to help us uh, to break it down. Um, Jake, how are you doing today? Hey, how's, hey, how's it going? Good being back on. Yeah, yeah, great to have you back on. I'm excited to talk about Wisconsin here. Um, first, in your uh, your short blurb here, uh, general thoughts. Uh, you know, Wisconsin makes the Final Four. They make the title game. They they pull off the upset of the year over Wisconsin or uh, Kentucky, but uh, fall short against Duke. Uh, what are your general thoughts on the the Final Four run? This team, um, maybe kind of how it'll be viewed uh, in the future. Oh. You know this team with with the way that they've uh, with, with the way that they've worked and the and just the the fact of them reaching two consecutive Final Fours, uh, coming within a point of beating Kentucky last year, beating them this year, uh, a team that everyone thought had a, a great chance to go uh, you know, forty and zero, uh, but you have the fact that this team they 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 overcame Kentucky. It, I mean. What you you really think with the way that this team played, even with the loss to Duke and having that nine point lead with 13 minutes left in the game, uh, what I would really say is that people are going to remember this this time is I would think is the best uh, Wisconsin's program's ever been. Uh, obviously, the the records state that they're 36 and four this year, and the Final Four run last year, as mentioned earlier, and I really feel that. Uh, you'll look back, and this is this might be the pinnacle of Wisconsin basketball, not to be a hyperbolic or anything over exaggerating, but you have the fact that you have a you know a player in Frank Kaminsky that had five National Player of the Year awards, which by the way, five National Player of the Year awards is nice. He's going to have a huge mantle, but really, uh, you know, how many associations do you really need uh, to state that a player is Player of the Year? Maybe two. But, uh, but then, I mean, obviously, uh, wooden, wooden Trophy, the Naismith and ABC, the the AP, and then uh, the, the Oscar Robertson Trophy uh, on behalf of the USBWA. So you have those guys, uh, you have those trophies. But you also had uh, not just the, the record or, or just the – you have Sam Decker, who obviously is now going pro, but you have just a great group of guys that – a fun-loving group that you saw a lot of people, I mean, maybe America kind of endeared themselves to this team because of the fact that, quite frankly, you have guys that are goofing around at press conferences. They're talking Super Smash Brothers. I, I think it was CBS Sports on the thing had an article just based on that, just based on the simple fact that these guys talking about uh, their, their favorite video games and, and going from there. So really, uh, I think with the personality-wise off and on the court, plus the results on the court. I think people remember this is the best Wisconsin team they've ever seen and might quite possibly see for another generation uh, just based on the fact of just the success uh, that they had. Yeah, I, I know we had um, we had Devin Harris on a couple weeks ago, and, and we kind of talked about, you know, could his teams, you know, take on this Wisconsin team and, and come out on top. And uh, I know he, he even paused a little bit, I think, uh, <laughs> Um, just based on how good these teams are, uh, have been. And I, I think it, it says a lot. I know, um, you know, myself being a, a Michigan fan, we, 
Um, I don't know if we had quite as good of a run, but uh, a couple years ago, you know, with Burke, he won all the Player of the Year awards, uh, similar to Kaminsky. But, you know, Michigan falls short in the title game. And um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you know, um, obviously, you know, me as a Michigan fan kind of experienced a similar thing, but uh, does that put, you know, kind of a a diminisher on the season, the, the fact that, you know, they couldn't pull off the big one? Or, you know, when people step back, are they, you know, mature enough, I guess, uh, to step back and realize, you know, wow, this is a great run. Um, you know, one really, what, a five- to eight-minute segment really shouldn't determine how we determine, look at this entire team. You hit it right on the head. And it hurts. It hurts probably still for some Badger faithful. But immediately after, I had, I'm Bucky's fifth quarter, uh, we, before even doing an instant recap uh, of the game, I had posted on, uh, an article just social media looking at tons of former Badger athletes from football, from basketball, stating how proud they were of this team. Uh, it almost not to serve as a, I would say as a cheerleading U R moment, but just to put things in perspective. Obviously, it was a tough loss. You mentioned it. Uh, literally, a you know, uh, you know, a seven minute window where this team, or, you know, a 13-minute window with this team just kind of fell apart and was rattled for the first time all year. A group of, of players that had, you know, four great seniors along with, you know, you had youth with, you know, you had Granny had Decker as well, but Nigel Hayes, sophomore, and then Bronson Koenig, who stepped up huge for Trayvon Jackson midway through the season. It 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 hurt just because you, normally when the team's up nine like that, and you knew that Duke was going to put on a run, the talent that they have, Tyus Jones, who burnt Wisconsin in the first meeting back last December, uh, came back and, and he made a you know obviously a huge impact along with Grace and Allen, which a guy that's McDonald's All American got a bunch of did not play you know DMPs this past season and all of a sudden comes up has 16 points, uh, goes to show you the talents Duke has, but you know it was it's a tough pill to swallow because the first time I think people really saw Wisconsin get rattled. Uh, yeah, granted they were down, was it 11 points to Michigan State at one point in the Big Ten Championship game. They come back, win by 11. And so it, I think people realized that this team was, for the first time, was really rattled. Granted, you can talk more about the officiating, you can talk about that, but, I mean, they, they didn't respond well to whatever circumstances were, were being held. And so, I mean, it's only a game, and I think really – that's what you'll see with this team going forward, you know, forward in the future is just, and you saw from the fans too, even our commenters on the page saying, granted, they're disappointed, but they, they're going to miss this team so much. You heard, you know, you see the characters on the team, you see this personality that, uh, that, that came through and it was rough for the players. You saw the emotions on their face. They thought they were going to take it all, especially after beating Kentucky. A lot of the fans thought this is the year, this is the time, but really you'll see going forward that the, the Badgers really, uh, this season uh, had a remarkable year, maybe a once-in-a-generation team, and, and really it shouldn't take away, that loss shouldn't take away from just a remarkable season and having 36 wins uh, and only four losses and getting to that national title game. Yeah, and, um, you know, be, before we jump in a little bit more about, you know, Wisconsin's team, the program, maybe next year, uh do you have a problem with the officiating in the title game? Um, I know it might be a little, little bit of a, a rough spot right now uh, on your heart, but uh, um, uh, was the, did you have an issue with it? Um, do you think uh, 
it did influence the outcome of the game. And do you think maybe the NCAA should look into any changes? Uh, you, you know, it, it, it's one of those things with, with the officiating. It's a, uh, it's tough go. Obviously with the way things go, you have two fouls against the Badgers in the first half, 13 in the second half. It's curious to me, but then again, the Badgers were up nine again, you know, against, you know, against Duke, the 13 minutes left. Uh, I was noted by Jeff Petrukas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that Grayson Allen hits an and one. And, and Grant was a foul, but, you know, also he had eight consecutive points in that game to bring him back within a point, which really drove that comeback. And, you know, I mean, when you – I would say, like, part of that really – I don't fault the officiating. The Badgers could have dealt with the, that better. And obviously it, it's kind of – it's flustering when you – play a certain way the first half, and then you have to completely adapt to the second half. But I really I really don't – I don't think the officiating cost them the game. I think their emotions got the best of them, and that's where you saw them being rattled. But then again, like I said, like Grayson Allen, he had, you know, eight consecutive points. Maybe he got an and one during that time, but still say really that uh, it was up to the Badgers. And you can't just – you know, officials aren't going to lose you the game. They can influence, but they're not going to lose you the game. And the Badgers had – chances to stop Duke, they didn't. Uh, and the fact that they didn't take advantage of Okafor being on the bench with four fouls after that, which is exactly what fell into the Badgers' hands. Uh, you have, you know, Jaleel Okafor, obviously a great scoring threat, but then having four fouls uh, in Tabinsky helped draw those. It was almost written up the game plan. Just everyone else, the guard play, you had Tyus Jones and, and, and Allen, and, you know, guard play was huge for Duke. Uh I don't think they should investigate. I think maybe, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm pretty sure Brian will file a complaint. I just don't think it's it influencing it. There's plenty of other times in the game that batters could have taken over uh, and it could be a different story. However, uh, you know, you mentioned the officiating with the, the out-of-bounds call with Winslow. Those are tough to call. And the Badgers had a couple calls go for them earlier in the tournament. You had Gosser, I think it was against was it Oregon or, or Arizona, maybe both where it's, that, you know, flips around the line. Should have been other, you know, other going the other way. Well, it didn't went the Badgers' way, so they got a couple of calls there that way. Uh, but you know, though the one call with the tip, I won't say that it cost them the game, but I will say that the officiating there maybe that maybe be the the biggest thing they should look at for changes, uh, just based off the fact that you have with everything that really, really, I, I don't know. I'd say Tom that. Just the way that the head of officials, the the, the fuzzy, the fogginess of what actually happened and not seeing the angle or the magnified angle, uh, they need a better clarification. And if you said and him saying that he didn't want to change the complexion of the game really uh, sits wrong with me, especially if trying to get it to be true. Um, but, you know, like I guess that one play is not going to ultimately show the outcome. But you know, I would say there's some uh, curious, some curiousness on my part. <laughs> yeah, I I tend to agree. Um, I I don't think it it determined the outcome of that game. Um, uh, I actually think the Wisconsin Kentucky game was a worse officiated game than the uh, the Wisconsin Duke one. But you know, obviously Wisconsin fans probably don't want to hear that. Um, you know, based on the outcome of the games, but. Um, I the big issue I had was the you know the call that you were talking about 
um, you know, where they had the review. And I guess there's different stories, you know, coming out about whether the referees actually had the angle that the viewers had on TV or they didn't. Um, and, and to me, regardless of whether, you know, the fact that it's even a discussion if they did or didn't is just ridiculous to me in general. Um, the fact that viewers at home could have an angle that the referee didn't, um, <laughs> Uh, it, it's just exactly. baffling, um, and it really questions the entire legitimacy of officiating in general. Um, you know, even if they had it, the fact that there was this much talk that they couldn't disprove it for this long is is sad. I mean, when they're supposed to be the guys to do that. But um, outside of that call, I didn't think too much. You know, I, I thought the game was more determined by the fact that Duke's guards went off um, and the fact that really, in my opinion, Sam Decker kind of had an underwhelming game. Um, you know, if he, if he performs as he did over the last month or so, Wisconsin probably wins, but you know, you, you can't have everything go perfect all the time. But, uh, but I, I guess reeling back from, from the championship loss and more towards, uh, you know, Wisconsin as a team, as a program, um, Heading into next season, there's obviously a lot of question marks about Wisconsin. Um, you know, I'm planning uh, for the next week or so um, to post an article kind of detailing how significant the losses are going to be, you know, with Decker, with uh, Gusser, with Kaminsky. Um, first off, how, how big do you think those losses are going to be for Wisconsin? And second, um, you know, we know the general thought is, uh, what, is, what is the phrase? Death taxes, Bo Ryan. Um, that, that no matter what, Wisconsin will somehow find a way to become a top four Big Ten team. I don't think they've ever finished outside of the top four under Bo Ryan. Um, the Badgers, I should say. Uh, do, do you think that's realistic for next season? Um, how big are these losses? Uh, kind of, uh, you know, a quick preview or, you know, what you think of the teams heading into next season. I mean, you, you, you kind of hit it on the head where it, you're looking at the fact that uh, this there are tons of losses. You're losing, obviously, your, uh, the national player of the year. Uh, yeah, you lose a – you're going to have two NBA first-round draft picks and, and Decker and Kaminsky. And so you have to basically replace those two. Uh, along with us, I mean, Kaminsky, granted, he's noted as a forward in – on the UW website, when I mean he's a center, he's seven feet, you know, he's seven foot tall. You're, who are they going to replace in the middle? Uh, you know, you have Ethan Happ who's coming up, who registered this year, who probably, and a lot of people have noted that this, he probably would have superseded Vito Brown as the main backup to uh, to Kaminsky this year, just the way that he played, and so probably see a lot of Ethan Happ there. I think it's you to answer your question. I do think they'll have the opportunity to to compete, and I, I think I'm not necessarily they're not probably not going to win. I would say the Big Ten title, obviously. I, I you know, and things can always change. You never know. But the fact that uh, they have so many open pieces of uh, who's going to be a starting center, or is it going to be more of just like a, a three forward, two guard, or or to be dependent on uh, who's backing up them? You know, I, I think it'll be more of a you know. A, no true center position. They have a lot of places, a lot of pieces to fill, but then again, like you said, it's a Bo Ryan team. That's Texas, Bo Ryan. You still have Bronson Canyon coming back, who this, the experience this year I think really is going to help him next year. 
him and Nigel Hayes are going to have to take on uh, a lot of responsibility. And you saw the progression with Hayes from first year to second year, and it was huge. You know, he wanted to improve you know, uh, his, you know, free throw shooting, give him a 70% plus plus from the line there. You have a guy in, you know, then he says, oh, I'll go on and shoot three-pointers. Didn't attempt a three-pointer all last year. Goes out, has shoots wonderfully, and it enhances his game there. I think you'll see him take more steps defensively. I think you'll see him take more steps uh, without maybe a post game. Hopes you know, hopefully a little bit more. He's got a great jumper, and you know, you know, if he can take the inside game a little bit more, uh, you're looking at a complete player and a really impressive look for for Hayes. That next year, you know, you could see him and, and uh, Bronson Kang maybe even jump through the NBA uh, after after next season. But they, you have those two players, but then, you know, like I said, who who replaces them there? You have Ethan Happ, who I mentioned. You have Vito Brown, if you can, you know, a lot of people have mentioned, a lot of reporters have said that it seems like during practice there's still stuff going on in, you know, between the years that he needs to pick up on. Can he mature? Can he really take on the next step of, of being a consistent player? Not just, uh, can, you know, not just a role player, but can he start? Can he – and no one can be able to pick up the – you know, I might be not one player going to be able to take on what Kaminsky did. You're going to have to see what Hap can do and Brown and, and others off the bench uh, and replace like the 18.8 points per game, the over eight rebounds a game that Kaminsky had. But you have to see other players like Zach Showalter. Can he have more of a perimeter game? And you saw some of the tenacity that he had. He's on a walk on, just going on and, you know, adding a little bit of a, a, a spark whether it's uh, you know, four or five consecutive points uh, during an NCAA tournament game, or if you're looking at maybe the fact, you know, just grabbing all I mean, guys, you know, six foot something and rebounding over tall forwards uh, and, and being aggressive when he misses a shot or someone else misses a shot. But he has that spark plug. Can he increase his game further? So there are a lot of questions, but I don't doubt what Bo Ryan has done throughout the years. Like you mentioned, he has not finished below fourth in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, and he's made the NCAA tournament each year. If injuries happen to Koenig and to Hayes, that would be a huge, I would say, catastrophe. Uh, it could be catastrophic towards their season. But I'm not saying that they'll win the Big Ten, obviously, especially with how Maryland's looking, uh, with, with, with who they have in the recruiting class, along with who's coming back. Uh, but I think they'll be able to compete to be part of the top, part, top echelon of the Big Ten again. But how how much it will really depend, I think, on who replaces Frank, Sam Decker, even a guy like Josh Gosser, Duye Dukin, who provided some stuff from the bench. Uh, but I still think they'll finish, it, you know, in the top, you know, the top four of the Big Ten, top five for sure. But I think they'll still be in, in contention, and in, you know, them getting to the you know to the, to the tournament. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt it based off of Bo's track record. Um. To ask the, uh, I guess the hundred thousand dollar question here, um, if there if there is a way that you know these losses are just too much to overcome, uh, maybe the recruits don't step in right away. Um, if you had to put it on one thing, if Wisconsin misses the NCAA tournament next year, what will be the one thing that causes that to happen? Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think it'd be injuries to Koenig or Hayes. Uh, would be a big, I think that would be a huge, huge block toward their goals that they have each year. 
uh, which includes making it to the NCAA tournament. But I also think not having the proper player step up. If you don't have, if Hap doesn't um, build off of his redshirt season where he, you know, a lot of praise from the media and a lot of the players mentioned how good he's been. But you also look at if you see a guy like, you know, Brown, Brown continue to struggle. You saw Kaminsky kind of struggle his first two years and his third year he came on. So I have hope for Vito Brown to really make it. Uh, you have, you know, you still need some, the guard play still needs to be uh, up there. You have Koenig, but then who's going to step up next to him? Is it going to be Showalter, a guy like Jordan Hill, or you have a guy like a freshman coming in by Brandon Pritzel, who is more of a shooter. He's known for a shooter, but can he play defense? You have to play defense in a Bull Ryan, you know, team. And and if he can show that he can defend, he'll get those playing moments, he'll get that playing time and contribute as a shooter, uh, which I think, you know, this year, uh, I think they needed a guy that more like a Ben Bruss that had that opportunity that could hit a three from wherever and be dangerous that way. I think sometimes that team, despite being 36 and 4, needed a guy that, that could just pull the trigger and be, you know, not automatic, but be good most of the time. But, uh, you know, I think if it really goes down the tubes, it's due to the fact that there's an injury or two to the top two players in Koenig and Hayes, but also if you just don't have guys stepping up when they should. Uh, Brown, Cap, uh, if they can't find someone to help plug the middle, uh, along with if they don't find some viable guard play, they could be in trouble. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be interesting. I know, um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm gonna kind of do a, a longer piece on this. Uh, you know, I did one last year on um, on Michigan, who was at that point coming off the Big Ten title, and kind of comparing their losses to this goes back two years, but Indiana. After they won the Big Ten title, they lost a ton, um, couldn't hit the ground running, missed the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, obviously that my question last summer, which was, you know, is Michigan going to go down the same track, uh, ended up coming true where, you know, Michigan went from the Big Ten title to missing the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't want to imply the same thing is going to happen, not just yet. But uh, I, I do think the parallels are – Definitely interesting, um, to say the least. Uh, but I guess, I guess our, our listeners can can look forward to that uh, in the coming week or so. Um, but uh, you know, just just one, uh, I guess, uh, a couple last questions here about Wisconsin coming into the off season. Um, there was a Bo Ryan remark after the the title game loss, which um, the media kind of took and ran with it without actually reading the quote um uh yep. and kind of the quote he uses he uses the term uh what, what was it rent to players bo ryan does and he says wisconsin doesn't use rent to players um if you read the full text of the quote he's clearly referencing transfers um i was wondering if you had any reaction to this or a reaction to the media reaction overreaction um about bo ryan and kind of the role of uh i guess one and dones um you know in wisconsin or if that will become a thing or should become a thing you know i, I it, it's really silly uh, in terms of what you heard from the media and obviously they're trying to go with the story i think it's 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 i think it's frustrating for wisconsin fans that know bull ryan that knows this stuff and obviously duke winning maybe put a story on the Cinderella story or try some narrative. But just his post-game comments, he obviously mentioned the transfer. People put that, said rent a player, oh, rent a player. And they, they go off and they say, 
they let him basically go after him for a quote that he didn't mean. And obviously, people are talking about they he obviously meant one and done players. He wouldn't have gone out and tried to recruit Diamond Stone. He didn't. He wouldn't try to go off and, and try to recruit Kevon Looney from Milwaukee, who went on to play for UCLA this year and now, from what I think, from what I've heard, is declaring for the NBA draft. So he's recruiting those one and done players. So it's silly to even mention the fact that he doesn't like those players. Obviously, Bo likes developing these teams that have the chemistry and he's got a certain system. But it doesn't mean that he's not going to take talent like Diamond Stone. Guaranteed, he would love that zone next year because he would provide, he'd fit in right where Kaminsky is, uh, right, you know, was this season. And so I think it's I think it's bad. I think the media, you know, I, I guess it's disappointing because the media is supposed to be objective and you read the entire quote. That's what you're taught. And granted, I'm not a communication, I'm not, you know, I'm a communications major. I was not a journalism major, but I know enough where you have to look at the entire quote, not take it out of context. You're seeing media organizations take it spiraling out of control. And you have a couple guys like Adam Hogue, a uh, former Buffett. Uh, he's actually what we refer to as the godfather of Buffett's quarter because he started the website uh, several years back. And, and he defended Bo Ryan. He, he tried telling people, look, if he wasn't referring to the rent-a-player. He wasn't trying to refer to the one-and-dones. He's referring to the rent, you know, the tra- you mentioned the transfers. Uh, and you have some guys like in the media in Chicago trying to say that. You have guys in... Uh, some national media saw something, I think, from Sporting News today mentioning that, you know, the media got it wrong. Why are they still why are they still getting it wrong when they have this access to the information? And like I said, it's just the point that you have narratives like ESPN and other guys going after Bo. But Bo doesn't care because Bo's going to do the same thing he's always done. He's going to, you know, go after the players that he thinks going to help them make this program a a, you know, a successful one uh, and continue to build winners. Uh, but whether or not with transfers, you know, like sometimes work out well, sometimes they don't. I, I think I think Bo really, uh, he'll do whatever it takes to make this team, to make this program a success. And so I just, uh, I find it humorous that even a week after, you know, people are still talking about what he said completely blown it out of context. And so that's, uh, it, it's a little disheartening, especially for media. Like I said, the, the objectivity just seems like they blast it out of control. But then again, I mean, people have to try to make their stories, and uh, especially the mothership. So it's it's disappointing, but, I mean, shouldn't, I don't know. For me personally, though, it's one of the things where it's like, real. I just, uh, I guess I don't, I wouldn't expect nothing less from them trying to make a story out of this. But, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's just, it's, I, to me, honestly, it's, it's disappointing. Uh, and it's just, I, yeah, they have full transcripts there, Don. You know what I mean? They have, it's right in front of them. And they, and they say yeah. they say that. You just don't. And, 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 you know, grab part of it that makes me infuriated is, is part of being a, uh, you know, a part of it. Obviously, I'm a UW alum. But you also have the fact that this team you know, you have this team, and they played so well. But also, I mean, the, even being a blogger, like, there's some standards of journalism that you look at the entire quote, you don't pick things out of context. You make sure you, you take care of, you know, you make sure you, you you frame it accurately and objectively. And still, you have these journalists that completely took it out of context. And so that's where, for me, 
it gets aggravating and you know, Bo's gonna do what Bo's gonna do, but uh I I guess I'll also mention too, the way he kinda handled the end of that press conference, maybe not the most graceful. You know, mm-hmm. I mean it, it just his first thing right off the bat to CBS is Tracy Wilson was talking about the simple fact that, you know, the game was called differently. And instead of instantly congratulating Duke, he kinda goes on, you know, not so subtly says, you know, sets it on his mind there. But obviously the emotions are there too. So you just lost the national championship game. Quite possibly the only time that you might get to the national championship game, uh, which you never want to squander. But you kind of have to approach it a little bit more, maybe a little bit more grace, and maybe that's what turned people off. See, he did look, I mean, it's kind of sour grapes, but then again, he may have had a point. And so, you know, I think that's maybe where some people get where the bows this kind of cringe, this curmudgeon, this, you know, grumpy old man that, you know, back in my day, this is how it was called, but. Really, it's when you look at the, you know, everything that he's done, uh, and and, the, and the, even just looking squarely at the text that was in that press release and what he said in the press conference, he wasn't referring to the one and done. He tried to recruit those guys if they went elsewhere. He was talking about the transfers, and that's his prerogative. If, if he wants to do that, he'll build Wisconsin the way he wants to and make it a winner. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's a it's a classic case of. The media is trying to look to create a narrative that'll keep people interested. I think the one and dones, it's the it's the craze right now, and I think everybody is interested in what's going on with them, so they think they can, you know, spin it as Wisconsin is the anti one and done, and Duke is the pro one and done, and then they can kind of, you know, have a hero and a villain or you know something like that, which is completely inaccurate and completely false. But hey, I mean. I guess they can just spout their mouths nonstop with no accurate information. <laughs> but um, right. I think the other part of it is a huge misunderstanding of the college basketball landscape. I think people who don't follow college basketball, especially not, you know, for instance, if you follow a Wisconsin or you follow a certain team, I don't think people realize how much transferring goes on right now. I think uh, Jeff Goodman of ESPN, his transfer list is at like 450 or something. It's it's ridiculous considering the teams have 13 scholarship players. Um, you know, it's those numbers of people leaving to go to another school is just insane. Um, and I, I think people who don't aren't involved in college basketball every day, you know, they're writing about the NFL, they're writing about college football, don't realize how much it is, how many big players are doing it. Um, and I, I think that's what Bo Ryan's talking about. I mean, there are schools in the Big Ten with current players right now I, that are big contributors who transferred in. Um, Octus for uh, Purdue. Um, Absolutely. Smotrich for Maryland. Um, and there's going to be more next year. There's going to be other big ones. And I think people just they aren't exposed to that, so they don't realize it. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it's it's just unfortunate that, People have to make out things that are inaccurate like that. But but outside of that, the uh, the last thing I kind of wanted to ask you about here um, before we uh, before we let you go um, is about the arguably the the biggest recruiting announcement of the last couple of weeks, which was uh, Diamond Stone, who uh, was rumored his final two were Maryland and Wisconsin for months. I would say um, eventually he opted to become a Terp and uh, head to the University of Maryland. Um, first, do you have any reactions to that decision? And, 
Um, what did what did you think of him? If you if you got a chance to to watch his film at all, and uh, how do you think that impacts Wisconsin going forward? You know, I didn't actually have a chance to really dig deep in terms of looking at his film, but just based off of the accolades that he's received and, and playing at uh, Dominican like he has in Milwaukee, uh, where I'm from, I, you know, the, the, he he could have really come in and helped right away for Wisconsin at least. Uh, you have the fact that, uh, you know, he's a near seven-foot player that would have really contributed right away and has the abilities to, you know, obviously Frank Kaminsky is, you know, he over four years developed nicely, but I'm not saying that he'd instantly replace Kaminsky, but he could have instantly probably been day one starter, obviously, had the ability to go and make an impact on the Badgers. Uh, good for him for choosing Maryland. It, you know, ultimately, and people need to realize this too, is the simple fact that these kids are 17, 18 years old. And we try to tell people this re- repeatedly is it on, our, on our website. Uh, Andrew Rosin, one of our uh, our great writers, our columnists, and he also works with a lot of recruiting, mentioned this right away a day or two after the Badgers lost, saying, if you tweeted at Diamond Stone, you're a garbage person. And I will stand by that and I will applaud him. I second that. Because you know, there's talks about. Uh, no, I won't get it. But you you know the rumors that have been spread about him and whatnot. And you know it's you know, and he mentioned uh, you know some Washington Journal something. He got a 20 on his ACT, uh, you know, and uh, and whatnot. And, and academic standards. And obviously, you don't know athletic standards. You don't know academic standards. Really, uh, you know, you don't really disclose those. And especially for you know with athletics, they won't. Uh, really dive deep into that. How you know? However, you know, I just have a feeling that this kid just wanted to play at Maryland, you know. And it's and to me, uh, you know, people that tweeted at him, you know, about certain uh, standards and all this other stuff. It's you know, really, Tom, it, it, I I find it sad that you know it makes Wisconsin fan base look terrible. Uh, you know, and it's and people, you know, and granted, you, most fans and most schools are decent people that like just cheering for their favorite alma mater or just their favorite school, uh, you know, whether they attended it or not. But you always have that section of the fans that really go in. And it's kind of gotten creepy, especially on Twitter with this social media where you have this direct interaction with a player via the computer, via your phone, uh, via these media channels. And uh, it really made Wisconsin fan base look petty. And I was, you know, so it's, uh, I say the you know best of luck to him. He's a great, phenomenal player. Uh, he's gonna make a, he's gonna make some dividends. He's gonna make money in the NBA, whether it's the year after or sometime down the road. Whatever he decides to declare, he's gonna do great. Uh, Wisconsin fans who have tweeted at him should be ashamed uh, for what he did because he had to go out and basically declare, uh, you know, certain things that I mean honestly, it should be kept to yourself and it should be kept privately. But he had to defend himself publicly on this. Uh, it makes people look. It makes Wisconsin fans look bad, and it's, it was disappointing. It's highly disappointing. Uh, and so he would have been a great fit for Wisconsin, I think, especially for next year with how many losses they had uh, in terms of the the fact of of losing the Kaminsky, Decker, Gosser, Dukin, and Trayvon Jackson. But you know he has to do what's best for him, and a lot of people lose sight of that, especially with football recruiting, especially with basketball recruiting. And so you know, best of luck to him, and I, I hope that. And maybe uh, Grant, I don't know. Hopefully, he listens to this, uh, listens to the podcast. But on behalf of uh, you know those that have gone to University of Wisconsin, I hope that he knows that that doesn't represent everybody. 
uh, and it doesn't represent all Badger Nation or anybody really, you know. It's like you just hope that uh, he re- realizes that, and uh, you know, it, it just it was a you know kind of a black eye for, for Wisconsin fans that that did tweet at him uh, for for doing that, and so they, you know they lost on a great player. Bowen will make something work next year. He, they got a decent class coming in, but you know it would have been he would have been the crown jewel of the class. But he did what's best for him, and if Maryland's the best choice, hey, you gotta applaud him. Congrats on getting a D1 offer, a great offer from a great program like Maryland has, and they're set up to be a, a you know a top five, top ten team next year. Yeah, I I completely agree. I I think a lot of people, you know, they forget that it's not their choice and it's somebody else's choice. And I think when somebody else makes a choice uh, that they don't like, for some reason they think that they should have had a say in it. Um, you know, I, you know, as I said, I'm a Michigan fan and every school's had it, you know, you're in on a big recruit, you think you might get him, he chooses to go somewhere else. But I, I think people lose sight of the big thing. I mean, this is a, you know, a kid who, who knows what background, you know, any of these kids come from, but, uh, they're getting a, a scholarship to go to a major university for four years to play basketball. I mean, that's just a, that's a great thing. And I mean, um, in general, that, that's what this is supposed to be about. I mean, uh, creating opportunities and really, uh, you know, advancing not only the players, but, you know, giving fans something really exciting to watch. And I think, uh, you know, Maryland, they had a great season this year. They're set up to be really good next year. He's probably going to be a big part of it. And, you know, he'll probably be just fine. And uh, I I think it's unfortunate when people make it out to, uh, you know, uh, Choosing a, another great opportunity is somehow a bad choice. None, when you're at that level, there is no bad choice. It's just choosing which, you know, great choice you want. You know, do you want the the Starburst or the Skittles? Like whichever one you choose is going to be good. <laughs> but, right. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, and I and I and I think you know when people sit back and look at it like that, like you know, what does Maryland offer you a four-year scholarship to play basketball? People would be like, oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be, <laughs> and that's exactly what well, yeah. he's going to get. But, uh, but yeah, I I think it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how you know he shakes out at Maryland and um, you know Wisconsin. I'm not sure if they're a double player or not this year, but um, they obviously will be playing once at least next year, uh, Wisconsin and Maryland, and maybe there'll be a, a few extra storylines <laughs> along with the game. But uh, Jake, thanks for, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, any, any final thoughts here on Wisconsin, uh, the big 10 over the last season, uh, college basketball before, before you head out. Uh, you know, I think the big 10 proved that again, it's one of the top basketball schools uh, throughout. You have two teams going to the final four granted, uh, they didn't, you know, the ACC won again with you know, Duke capturing the title, but you have two teams in the Final Four. You have uh, just a, a great group of, you know, just the conference as a whole, I think. Granted, it may have looked somewhat weak during the regular season, but come tournament time, you know, the, the resume speaks for itself, especially with Wisconsin and Michigan State getting to the Final Four. Wisconsin overall, I mean, this, I think people, I hope Wisconsin fans, when they listen to this and listen to other things, they'll realize that this was a special team. And despite the national title loss, that people have realized that this team was and is special. And they'll always have a special, I think many people will remember, whether it's reporters or fans, will remember this team as something special. Uh, and, and I think 
for years to come, you'll hear about the antics of, of a Kaminsky, a Decker, a Nigel Hayes, uh, you know, you know, saying egregious uh, and pet, catty wampus and just have tons of stenographers of all people. Uh, so it's a rare gift to have uh, great interviewing skills plus a great basketball game. But, uh, you know, this, this, Bo Ryan will continue to field a very competitive team, in my opinion, a winning team uh, for years to come. Uh, but they should really cherish the, the how close this team was and, and just how good they really were. Uh, I think next year there may be a little bit of a hangover if the team doesn't perform well, but they should really cherish just how great this team was uh, in 2014-2015. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, uh, Jake, thanks again for joining us. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks. That was, uh, that was Jake from... Um... State Farm, now <laughs> uh, Bucky's fifth quarter joining us uh, to t- chat some Wisconsin, a little bit of Big Ten there, a little recruiting. Um, but yeah, uh, just before just before I go here, uh, just a few more thoughts, kind of on uh, the Big Ten in general. Uh, I did I did think overall it was a bit of an underwhelming year. I know that sounds a, a little odd, but coming in, uh, the Big Ten looked to not only be the best conference, but to be the best conference by a pretty good margin. Um, you know, early losses by teams like Michigan, Nebraska, Rutgers, uh, Michigan State really, really put a damper on that. Um, I thought the conference really started to turn it on, um, especially towards the end of the year. Um, really good, really great postseason performance. I don't think there's any debate there. I think um, you can make an argument the ACC had the best postseason, but I think, uh, you know, at worst, the Big Ten is was right there. Um, Outside of that, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Wisconsin kind of, uh, you know, they clearly were the best team in the Big Ten this year. Um, you know, Michigan State did get to the Final Four, but Wisconsin, uh, you know, won both head-to-heads. They won the Big Ten title. They won the Big Ten tournament. Um, really just an outstanding season for the Badgers. Uh, Spartans also had a great year. Um, the Terps with a really, really surprisingly good season, considering where they were at the beginning of the year. But uh, maybe it's a sign of things to come for next year. Um, we'll have to see on that. Uh, moving down more towards the uh, kind of the middle, um, I, I think it was a, a really nice year for, uh, I don't know if I want to call it the Hoosier State, but Indiana um, with uh, Indiana and uh, Purdue both both getting back to the NCAA tournament. Um, it was nice to see them uh, rebound from a couple of rough years. I know last year was um, – really an underwhelming year for both programs. And uh, I know a lot of people from Indiana were kind of disappointed. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I think no team from Indiana made the NCAA tournament last year. I'm not 100% sure on that. Maybe someone can fact check that. But uh, I believe so, which is obviously, you know, just really disappointing for a state that just loves its basketball. Um but it was nice to see both of them rebound. Um, as I mentioned, Michigan State had a great year. Wisconsin, Maryland, um, Iowa again. They had a nice, solid year. Ohio State with uh, D'Angelo Russell made it back to the NCAA tournament. Um, really, really, there were a lot of good years. Um, there were really only two, two to three teams that I'd say had great, which were Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Maryland. But a lot of good years. Um, and then outside of those. Uh, I would say a lot of uh, underwhelming to bad years. Um, you know, teams like Michigan, Nebraska, um, you know, even Penn State. I know they had a, a nice finish, 
in the Big Ten tournament, but still, um, you know, seasons to forget for most of those teams. Um, in terms of, you know, trending up going into next season, I know all eyes are on Michigan State and Maryland. Um, I'm going to have a, an article on them as well, kind of comparing who should be the preseason favorite. Um, don't want to reveal my pick. <laughs> I know my, my first power rankings had Maryland, but uh, I am reconsidering that. Uh, hopefully Michigan State fans will be happy to hear that. Um, but uh, outside of those two, I, I think Michigan could be in for a rebound year next year. Um, Wisconsin's probably going to be weaker, but uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Indiana could be set up for a big season. Um, Purdue as well. Uh, Michigan, there are a lot of really good options, uh, teams that could be good. It, it looks like an exciting preseason and another exciting year next season. But um, overall, thanks for everyone who checked us out this year. We'll have plenty of podcasts, plenty of coverage uh, this summer. Look out for that Wisconsin piece, um, the Maryland-MSU uh, combo piece uh, coming up. Uh, when I come back from my break. <laughs> but uh, thanks again for everyone for checking us out. Thanks to Jake for joining us. But uh, that will be our podcast for this week. Thanks again. Bye.